Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it. Throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have built on end. The Giants have won the pennant. There we go. All right, Brad, we are back. I am trying to figure out how to stream to Instagram, and I think maybe I did it. I think I did it. Sweet. Are we on the gram? We're on the gram. I think we're on the Instagram. If you, by chance, are watching us on Instagram, definitely let us know how it looks. I I don't know how it looks. I don't know. It looks pretty dope. I could tell you right there. Okay. Our heads aren't chopped off or anything. Everything looks cool. There we go. I like it. All right. So the... Going live to Instagram is a little bit of a process. You actually have to do a few different things. So if it doesn't necessarily mean a big deal for us, you know, we we may try it here and there. I don't know if we're going to be doing it every week, but it was a little little fun practice there to try and uh, figure that out. So if you are watching us on Instagram live through our BSPN media Instagram account, welcome. If you've never seen us before, Thompson to Clark. Brad and I, we're talking Giants baseball here, and there's actually late breaking news. The Giants did not sign uh, one of the top free agents that is out there that is waiting to be picked up, though they did get one last week, which we'll talk about. Yeah, they signed backup catcher Tom Murphy from Seattle. And I think, you know, it's, it's a it's a signing that. I'm sure they'll explain as far as why and and what it means. But I think on the surface, what it really means is that I think Joey Bart's getting traded, man. Yeah. I, I don't imagine they can get a roster spot for him at this point. You're not going to carry three catchers. Um, and you got Blake Sable, uh, you know, but you needed, you needed a true backup catcher. Yeah. And I think at this point they kind of decided that, that, that Joe Bart, do we call him? I wouldn't go, we can go back to calling yeah. him Joey. Yeah. I forgot about that. Since he's not long to be with the San Francisco Giants, most likely, but uh, they'll try to find a suitor for him. Uh, they're not going to get a whole lot. I couldn't imagine, but uh, you know, I hate to see the end of an era. Um, I hate to even say the word bust because he's so young and he can go somewhere else and kind of turn things around. So, you know, we wish him the best. He's not gone yet, I mean, you know, but he's out of options. So that kind of tells you. He is out of options. So they'll most likely have to trade him. And then if he doesn't make, if they can't trade him and he doesn't make the roster, then they have to, uh, DFA him, right? Is and, and yeah, then, then you, you get can, nothing. Then so. you get nothing. Okay. So who is Tom Murphy? And you know, I'm gonna be honest. I was like, <laughs> I kind of know who that is because I think the Giants like tried to they picked him up and then traded him, or there was something that happened a few years ago with him and the like he had like a a week stay with the team or something. Uh but otherwise, other than that, I didn't know anything. So I went to our good friends at MLB trade rumors and a gentleman by the name of Anthony Franco wrote something that just went live about an hour ago. And I will read from this. It says the giants are in agreement with free agent catcher, Tom Murphy on a two-year deal with a 2026 club option. According to multiple reports, the Ballinger group client is reportedly guaranteed $8 million, including a 250 k buyout on the option. So it is, uh, it, it, it is not, it is almost free if they decide that they yeah. do not want him for that third year. Um, and he heads to the Bay Area after five seasons in the Pacific Northwest. The right-handed hitter played a semi-regular role during his time with the Mariners on a rate basis. I guess that is some statistical filter there. 
Murphy has been one of the most productive power bats at the catcher position. Uh, he hit 38 home runs and 807 plate appearances. He hit two, uh, his splits or his, uh, his average and slugging and OP, uh, OBP was 250, 324, 460, well above average offense in, uh, in one of the sports more pitcher friendly home parks. So what does that mean? To me, it means that this is Patrick Bailey's ball game. It also means that because Patrick Bailey is a switch hitter, the you 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 bring in uh, you could have brought in somebody who had le- left-handed or right-handed, and and it works out. I guess the the question is is how does he handle the defensive side of things, and that may be more of a question, uh, according to uh, Mister Franco's piece there. Uh, he says that is the weaker side of his of his ball game. Yeah, and you know what? That, that's fine because the Giants are kind of stocking up on DHs right now. Uh, you know, to have a guy in the lineup who can DH at any point, who's got power, also power off the bench. We haven't had that in a long time. Um, he was, uh, I guess, he was the backup to Cal Rally, right? The yep. uh, big dumper. Is one of my favorite nicknames <laughs> in all of baseball, the big dumper. Cal uh, Rowley, who's like, hey, Mariners, like, we need to spend yeah. some money here. <laughs> yeah, now he doesn't have a backup. <laughs> um, you know, but Cal Rowley is a 30 home run a year guy. So, um, but yeah, to, to have a guy like Murphy. And of course, I'm, you know, the stuff breaks when I'm driving. So I'm driving, <laughs> I get this text from you, I quickly look, I, I, you know, I'm like, okay, I hit the, the, Apple CarPlay, it reads to me, but it doesn't read me the article. It just says, uh, uh, you know, a link from X, formerly Twitter. And I'm like, oh, stuff is happening. What's, what's happening? And I quickly glance and I see the name Murphy. So where do you think my head goes? I see catcher Murphy and I go, did we just trade for Sean Murphy? How is that even possible? <laughs> the Braves even in the market to get rid of Sean Murphy? And so I had to quickly look at the next light. And uh, yeah, I wasn't disappointed, Tom. But, you know, we welcome you to the team either way. Yeah. So and here's here's a big question. I think fans are going to go to the baseball reference page and go, huh, could Joey Bart do some of this? I think it's going to be the question. Now, uh, his best season would have been 2019, his first season in Seattle, 18 jacks. Uh, 273 batting, 535 slugging. You know, he strikes out a lot, which is why I sort of wonder if Joey Bart could have done some of this. Uh, And then last year, uh, only 159 plate appearances, did have eight home runs uh, to hit hit 290, but also uh, history of injuries there. So, I I am waiting for the explanation for this one. Now, what this also probably says is Blake Sable is hopefully not ever having to go behind the plate except in emergency <laughs> circumstances. Right. Exactly. So he'll probably hone up his skills uh, as an outfielder. And I, I do wonder how much we see him on the big club next year because they do have the option to have him play in the minors, but that's kind of a weird thing for a guy who's basically up on the big club the whole year to go back and forth now to the minor leagues. So we'll see how that, how that happens. But I mean, I, I guess uh, that's what I'm guessing is that, you know, no more catcher. He's, he's strictly an outfielder DH. So uh, we'll see what they do with Sable there as well. But Tom well, Murphy, the, you know, the one thing Tom Murphy gives you though, over Joey Bart is the experience and, you know, having played in, in the bigs for eight years at the catcher position, um, he can help Patrick Bailey along the way. And you've got Bob Melvin, who played the catcher position himself in the majors uh, and has uh, managed quite a few fantastic catchers over the years. Yeah. So I think this is kind of just solidifies the fact that our future is in Patrick Bailey. We're going to get him as much uh, help as we can as much uh, sounding board players as we can get for him to kind of move him along a little bit mm-hmm. further in his catching career. And it's a good move. I hate to see, again, hate to see Joey Bart go, but end of an era, you got it. I mean, this is, this roster needs to be overhauled. Um, I don't think any position is safe except for if your name is, you know, 
Logan Webb or or Patrick Bailey. Other than that, I you know, it's anything's kind of out in the open to to do whatever you need to do. Yes. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see for I, I don't I don't imagine they're gonna do the big time press conference that they did with uh, the next person we're going to talk about. But, uh, you know, not, that is not to minimize what he is uh, bringing to the table here because obviously they, you know, they found him or they signed him early enough to where he's like the second guy that they actually signed. They went out and got. So hopefully this is not it for them. But I, I do think it's kind of interesting that they went out and got him before some of these other players that they're trying to get. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I mean he was there for the taking. And if you wanted to get him from Seattle, now is the time to do it. Some of the smaller deals, I, I like those. I always like the bits and pieces. I like them when they lead up to something huge. Uh, so let's just hope for that. And now let's talk about the bigger signing, Jung uh Hu Lee, who the Korean center fielder. Uh he had quite the uh the entrance, I would say. Yeah. Um, he was very handsome, especially according to himself. <laughs> handsome. And he's got charisma. I saw. I also saw he was at the Warriors game the other night. I think it was Saturday night. He was at the Warriors game. And he, it looks like they are basically selling him as the starting center fielder. And as somebody who's not coming out of the lineup in the same way that a lot of these other guys come out of the lineup. So I'm sure there were promises made there. They signed him to a nice deal and I'll, I'll get the, uh, all the contract stuff here in a second, but overall, you know, after, especially after we kind of figured we weren't getting Shohei, uh, Jung Hu Lee is, you know, somebody who is uh, on top of, uh, not on top, but you know, on people's boards He's not Yamamoto who we'll talk about in a second as well. But uh, otherwise, what did you think about this signing? Uh, I love it. Uh, we, you know, we honestly didn't talk about him a ton when we were doing our wish lists. I think we were going for bigger, flashier names, not so much a name that, uh, you know, of a guy that we've never seen here play in Major League Baseball. But, you know, as it always goes, whenever we sign a free agent or we look into somebody, I like to just do tons of research, watch tons of video, man. He is a fantastic hitter, uh, really controls the strike zone, controls the bat. Well, um, we needed a guy to get on base. We need a guy with speed. Uh, we need a center fielder. We need somebody who can play at all times, uh, and be the, you know, basically the, the anchor lead off of this club. Is he going to bat lead off? I'm not sure. Probably one or two somewhere in there. I think one projection had him batting like sixth or seventh. Seventh, yeah. We saw yeah, you don't sign a guy for that long for that much money to bat him seventh. You're gonna try to get him four or five at bats a game. So you're gonna bat him near the top of the lineup. Um, this is great, man. And and you know what? You know what else the clubhouse needed? It needed some spirit, it needed some some mojo, it needed some fun. And Jung Hu Lee is gonna absolutely bring that i started following him on instagram almost right away uh, i love his instagram handle who 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 um <laughs> you know it's it, it, it's great he's it's it's gonna be a lot of fun having a guy like that again um last time we had characters in the in the giants clubhouse it's been a long time um well a couple of years ago brandon belt but you know other than that having a you know a full-on guy that is going to kind of just rally this team together um it's it's fun, man. I'm excited. And and again, if it's the first piece of a larger puzzle, it's going to be awesome. Um, I would love to see us continue to shore up uh, some sort of starting pitching rotation that is just going to be dominant, uh, you know, throughout the season and the next couple of seasons. Um, and then, you know, more players in the Jung-Hoo Lee vain who can get on base because again that was our biggest problem the last couple of years was getting on base um it was brutal having to watch games and and see a guy finally get on base and then uh, you know can't get him in three straight at bats and you can't remove the runner and there were one for 11 with runners in scoring position like after three or four innings and we're like, oh man we could have had you know six or seven runs right there so mm -hmm. um yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to have a guy who can hit and get on base what do you think about some of the, I wouldn't even say it's, it's super negative, but there's just a little bit of a worry that 
he he doesn't he had, he didn't really show too much power in uh, in the Korean league, which a lot of players who are not maybe great major league hitters can can be fairly successful over there. Uh, but he's got great bat to ball contact rates. Just there, I mean, there's videos out there of him accidentally swinging at stuff and just lasering it all over the place. And I hope that plays in their park because of the gaps, because of, uh, you know, right center field, triples alley. I mean, if he could hit 10 triples next year, I think that'd be fantastic. And and then if he only hits six or seven jacks, then you're kind of okay with it because he's hitting doubles and triples. And I think that's fine. Uh, I don't know. What did you hear about his speed? I know he hurt his ankle last year, so that can't be great for... Uh, for at least early on, especially coming into spring training. But do we know, does he run? Does he steal bags? That that wasn't his selling point. So I'm going to guess he's not really a bag stealer. Right. And I mean, he's, you know, in the Korean leagues, in looking at the numbers, he stole a total of seven or 69 bases in what, seven seasons. So you're looking at about 10 bases a year. Um, but, you know, with the rules being different here, and us wanting to be a, a speedier base stealing type of team, take advantage of getting on base. I, he could probably steal 20 bags. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got that equivalent of the, uh, of the gold glove over in the Korean leagues. Um, what do you have? Three of those, four of those. Um, so being able to play center field and track down baseballs, he's, you know, get him over here and, and, and tell him we need you to steal some bags, man. Um, <laughs> But I think, you know, I think I would project maybe 20 stolen bases this season. What, how many would you project, project for Bryce Johnson this year? Oh, man. <laughs> what, what did I say last year? I said 30. <laughs> over under 30. Uh, maybe I, even, I might have even said 50. Uh, yeah, Bryce Johnson. Poor Bryce Johnson. Where is he at? Let's find I out. I don't know. Where is he? <laughs> he? He might have a minor league deal somewhere. Yeah. Let's see. I got I, now. I have to look him up. While uh, while you're doing that, yeah. um, y- you know, I think the thing, and we we talked about this last year, all season long. Like, if you're gonna buy your kid or a younger brother or a friend with who has a young child a Giants jersey, who is that going to be? And it's like, right. well, you got Logan Webb, but he, you know, he's not the household household name quite yet even though he's sort of getting there especially with Giants fans I imagine we're going to see more Logan Webb jerseys in the stands next year because of his really really you know runner-up Cy Young season but other than that it was like well Crawford but he's kind of on his way out and you know many Crawford jerseys sold over the years no one was buying a Conforto or a Hanniger jersey um uh, yeah, I couldn't even think of uh, of anybody else who was sort of on the list. Maybe a Tiago uh, jersey, but now maybe we'll see some Lee jerseys. And I think he's spelling his name. Is it? Did I see on the jersey it was J H and then Lee on his yeah. jersey? So J H Lee. I did see a Patrick Bailey jersey here at a pumpkin patch during October. Okay, Their kid a kid was wearing a, a Giants, uh, you know, one of the orange jerseys. Um, is this still Fridays? Right? They still they still wear those on Fridays? orange Fridays. I think so. orange Friday. Yeah, uh, he was wearing a Patrick uh, Patrick Bailey orange Friday jersey. So I thought, well, that's cool. Okay, um, we do have a. It's weird. I think in Northern Nevada, we seem to have a lot of catchers. <laughs> kind of make names for themselves. So <laughs> a lot of, a lot of kids here want to play catcher and I'm not, maybe it's because it's so darn cold during spring that they want to wear the gear while they're out on the field. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see if he catches on and uh, you know, the, I think the people, and this is like a, a stereotypical thing, but you know, the last, one of the last outfielders, Asian outfielders uh, is Shinjo. And we talked about Shinjo uh, a few weeks ago, or maybe even a month ago, because he's uh he's like a rock star uh, manager uh, right yeah. now. But you know, that, that was a long time ago. That was like 20 right. over 20 years ago when you're talking about Shinjo and whether his uh, statistics or his 
uh, talent level could, could measure up in the bigs. And these guys are completely different players. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know it's kind of easy to stereotype in that way, but I think we're talking about, you know, a different kind of cat here. So I'm excited to, to see how his skills translate because, you know, if you can hit, you can hit. Now, will he, will he have to adjust to certain bat speeds, especially in the eighth inning and the ninth inning when he's going to see two and three relievers coming at him at, you know, 97, 98, 99. Yeah. There's going to be adjustments, you know, every, everywhere when you come over to, you know, to a different league. So, uh, but I imagine, you know, I I imagine that's something that he's probably already working on. He is a major league type of hitter. So I'm excited to watch him uh, swing the bat come uh, opening day. You know, the other thing, too, with Hassan Kim over uh, in San Diego, uh, you know, the Giants were kind of in on him, too, in 2021. They were kind of pushing to try to get him. He ended up signing in San Diego, then playing under Melvin. Um, I think Hassan Kim is a free agent after next season. So that's another player because he finally came into his own last season. Um, You know, he hit 202 his first year in the majors. Then 251 uh, in 2022, and then 2023 finally got that chance to really, really play. 152 games, 626 at bats, had 17 home runs, hit 260, uh, walked 75 times, uh, and played for Bob Melvin. He actually came in uh, 14th in MVP voting and also got himself a gold glove. Um, so I, that's, that's kind of the the type of player that they're saying Jung-Hoo Lee is like. Um, and, you know, uh, maybe don't expect fireworks the first season. It's absolutely an adjustment period, and he's a young player. So it may take him a little while kind of get used to things. Uh, one thing that was kind of interesting that he did talk about uh, with Laura Britt on a podcast I was listening to this weekend. She said, what is going to be your biggest adjustment, you know, in in the major leagues? And he said, you know, in, in Korea, they didn't have to travel that much when they played. There weren't massive time zones. He said, going from the West coast to now play in like Miami and New York, having that three hour difference, that's going to be a major adjustment. He said, and, and she kind of laughed and said, you know, ask the players who live here and live on the West coast. Yeah. It's even an adjustment for them. So you know, there's going to be a lot of adjustments this first season for him. Um, and, and he's not going to be babied. He's going to be thrown out there and, you know, asked to play every single day. He said the ankle is 150%. So <laughs> that's a high percentage. So he, he's ready to go, man. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I'm, I'm hopeful. And you're always weary of slow starts. Mm-hmm. And your description of Kim is uh, not surprising. I, you just hope that he gets a little bit of rope to to figure it out, right? You you don't want him to you don't want the fans to just be frustrated because of no. how much you know. And and look, I, the contract six years was it six years one thirteen, right? Plus all of the other stuff thrown in, you know the the posting fee. Yeah, they got they got to send like a hundred. 138 is what it ends up being. So, I mean, that that's just where the game is right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, to have a starting center fielder uh, that who is a, you know, near level all-star player, that's just what, that's just what the price of entry is. So I hope that that does not come back and, and bite him a little bit with the fan base. If he doesn't start out well, cause I think that the salary people look at that number and they go, Oh my gosh, we're paying him a ton. And it's kind of like, well, that's kind of what you're paying an above average player these days yeah. who is young, right? And who's got options and stuff. So well, Bellinger's uh, wanting 10 years, 200 million, and he's a, a center fielder who's proven. So, you know, you're getting a player for kind of half that price almost. Although right. when you look at the AAV, it's probably not that far off. But again, right. you're getting a much younger player but also one who is not proven in the major leagues. So it's, it's going to be interesting. His favorite player is Ichiro. Uh, obviously, as you watch him, you see the swing and you see the type of player is if we get half of an Ichiro out of this, I'd be more than happy because I was a huge Ichiro fan. I love the way he hit. I love the fact that he got on base was very selective at the plate um, and, and kind of, was the catalyst. I, I mean, Griffey Jr. was a great player. 
A-Rod, great player for Seattle, but but always Ichiro kind of drove that team, I felt. I think he tripled off Linscombe in the All-Star game, though. He did. No, he had an inside-the-park home run. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, <laughs> off, of the, uh, off of the facade, the brick facade, because nobody knew how to play that field. So he just banked it off the wall, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh... I think Lee was actually born in Japan too. We we looked that up. His pops played in Japan. Right. And so he was born in Japan, even though he is Korean. So what's up with uh Yamamoto here? What is the latest that you've heard on Yoshinobu Yamamoto? All kinds of stuff today. Cause I think uh, there was one of the reporters that was thrown out there that, uh, he was getting into the $300 million range, and they're going to start at $300 million. But then more reports came out and said, mm, not necessarily true. They haven't it's even a little yielded steep. a three. <laughs> no, Steve Cohen is not, has not started the bidding at $300 million from his kitchen table. Didn't he have him over at his house, I think, over this weekend? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it was the second trip uh, to, to meet with Cohen. And then Yamamoto... Uh, requested a meeting with the Yankees himself. He's the one who actually requested, I want to meet with the Yankees. So, I mean, obviously they are reaching out to every team that is interested. And they they saw uh, Shohei's contract and said, okay, 700 million. <laughs> I mean, he's a pitcher and a hitter, so we can get 350. You know, half of the, half of the player, right? Get 350. Um I think the second highest contract for a pitcher, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say Shohei's contract is for pitching, you know, just for the sake of it. But the highest contract for pitching right now is $324 million, uh, for Garrett Cole. And then I don't even think anybody else comes above 300 at this point. So, so if he's going to get 300 to 350, wow, man, I, I still hope we're in on it, but that's that's putting a lot of eggs in one basket at that point. Yeah, there there's a you know th- this isn't a situation where you know the situation with Otani was like Dodgers, Cubs, Giants, and the Mets and the Yankees were like, yeah, we're not even in on this thing. Red Sox may have been in on it a little bit, but for Yamamoto, it seems like the net is a little bit bigger for some of these big playing teams. Um, go watch um dumb money steve cohen uh okay. d- doesn't doesn't look great in that movie so i hope i hope yamamoto watches that movie he's like oh i don't want to sign with that guy so is this uh is this a documentary on is it an espn or it's the um it, it's the GameStop stock meme movie oh gotcha yeah 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 it's a, it's it's actually okay. a really good movie. You you, you dig you dig the movie, but Steve right. Cohen is a player in that movie because mm. of the hedge fund stuff and yeah uh, and kind of gets jacked happily. <laughs> I was well, happy it, that he got jacked at the end. We know how things went last year with the Mets. So, yeah, yeah. You know. Did you hear the story that Kodai Senga, who the Giants also wanted last year, the main reason? or I don't know if this is the main reason, but one of the main reasons that he signed with the Mets was because uh, he was like a big Verlander guy. Oh. And they had signed Verlander at that point already. Yeah. Hmm. And, and I know the Giants were looking to try to sign Verlander. They had some little bit of talk with that, but... So what does that mean for uh, for Senga now? <laughs> like... Yeah, uh, he's sitting over there. Well, I mean, you know, he's been in New York for a year. Uh, what what's his deal like? Is it four years? It's like five, five years? for seventy five or something. Five like for seventy five. Um, I don't know if there's a no trade in that or not, but uh, if things start falling apart, is that a guy that they end up moving this year or next year? I mean, it's possible, but also Yamamoto has said too, he wanted to play with other Japanese players. So that's kind of where the Mets have a leg up in that, that they have Senga. Yeah. So, so that could be a plus. I mean, cause in, you Senga know, had a up, you good know, year last year, he too. had a really good year and he was one of those guys at the beginning of the season. I think he got shelled in like his first two starts and we were like, Oh, Things are not going well, <laughs> but then he just settled down in that yeah. ghost fork. Oh my gosh. I mean, everything that guy throws is just nasty. And he was yeah. in the Cy Young running as well. I think yeah. he got a, some votes. 
So yeah, Yamamoto, watch the movie. Then you can say, ah, oh, I don't want to sign with the Mets. But then, yes. then he's like, oh, maybe the Yankees, and then we're we're screwed anyways. But um, yeah, I, I'm in, I'm very interested to see what that number gets to because I think I think it was Jim Bo- Jim Bowden who said it was going to go north of three, and then some ESPN writers said, no, it's not that high yet. So we'll see who's yeah. right on that stuff when it gets to the end of it because you know I think they. Att- not not the only attractive thing about him, but one of the things he's like twenty five years old, so you're getting him kind of pre prime, and he's already really good. Yeah, and we're a team that is obviously not afraid to shell out extra money just to get a player at this point, and it's kind of I mean it's it's the last few years um, that's kind of brought this on. So we probably overpaid for Jung Hoo Lee, but in terms of return of Jersey sales, ticket sales uh, and everything else. And you got a player that's an everyday player, um, you know, it, it could help out. So if the giants end up doing 300 million for Yamamoto, I would not be shocked for that to happen. All right. We're going to not, you know, we we hit all the main topics and, I do want to bring up one more Christmas movie, new Christmas movie that I yes. watched. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Buster stuff that came out in Andrew Baggerly's uh, article last week after the Giants didn't get Otani. And Buster was talking about how like there's this perception that San Francisco is not a great city anymore. And I think he was trying to say that, like, look, I've been here for a long time. I moved my family back, so I truly believe in this area. And the internets took that to mean that Buster was like shading San Francisco. (laughs) And we were talking about it like, oh, is this going to hurt, you know, future uh, signings? You know, because Buster was kind of open and honest about his thoughts about, you know, why is the perception like this? And, And ultimately, like what I've said is like, and you, I mean, you've even said this as well. L.A., Chicago, New York. There are more, there are worse places in those <laughs> big cities than in, in San Francisco. But because of a lot of the narrative of, uh, you know, these, these right wingers who, who want to make fun of Gavin Newsom and such, like they pick on San Francisco because of the homeless population, all of these big cities have that issue. So it's kind of frustrating that, you know, there's this highlight on, on San Francisco. And if it does hurt, you know, I don't know. Would it have hurt, really? Or or was Shohei just like, you know what? The Dodgers win every year, so that's where I want to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I'm assuming. I, I, I'm thinking that that may, you know, that ha- may have been a comment, but maybe has less. But you know what? It you know who it did uh, was uh, what you call from the Cubs last year. I think that was more of a, of a bigger thing because his wife was was saying that that you know she was persuaded by by the uh, San Francisco issue with the homeless and such. Oh, maybe. was that Seiya Suzuki? Yeah, Seiya Suzuki. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and so maybe maybe that was a, a part of it. But ultimately I think these guys sign A because of who pays them most and B because of where they what franchise they want to go with. So uh did you have any any lasting thoughts on that as far as uh because Baggerly did write again today and he was like you know, I can't believe so many people just took this thing out of context. Like this is this is what he said and this is what he meant. Yeah, and 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 I totally got it and I totally understood what he meant when he said it. I wasn't offended. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Um, I grew up in the South Bay, uh, you know, going to San Francisco for years. I haven't been back since 2006, so I can't honestly speak. You're making you're changing that this year, though. I'm changing absolutely. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for those tickets to go on sale, man. Um, but I, the, the only thing as a Giants fan living far away and us having a hard time getting free agents over the last few years, I was like, the only thing I thought was Buster. I love you, man. But could you just wait to bring this up <laughs> after free agency is over? Wait until the season starts and say it's something we're going to try to address with the city with the city council, with the mayor, do what, you know, just take it a little bit further, but to say it right after not getting Shohei and we hadn't signed anybody else at that point, I thought I, you know, when I go to try to sell a car, I, I don't, I tell them, Hey, you know, this car is older. It's got some issues or whatever. 
and it's got this leak that I just can't <laughs> figure out. But anyways, would you still like to buy it? No, I mean, I, I try to fix the leak first or I don't, I try not to mention it and say, you know, it's, it's got some leaks that just like every car has leaks, but I, I, I don't want to draw your attention to that. So that's just kind of how I felt was, I don't know why we need to draw attention to this at this moment. We all know it's there. Uh, we all know it's there in every city. So maybe we could have just waited a little bit. But you know, that was my I, only thought on the whole thing. I wonder if Buster's ultimate point was to say it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't say that. Well, I mean, he said it in his own Buster way, right? He, he did, he did. But but he I, I wonder if it's just like, look, it is incorrect. Every city has these issues if you're a big city right. you have these issues do, do do we want these cities to have these issues absolutely not we should try and no. figure out how to solve them but they have these issues and and just fingering san francisco as the only one is bullshit i think that's what he was trying to say but he's just too nice of a dude you know he it didn't come oh, out yeah, in yeah, that yeah. way uh but yeah yeah you know well who you know, I, I don't i don't know if it's gonna hurt us but i understand because it did it did put more of a highlight on this uh because yeah. of the story and because of people were going to take it out of context and people were going to run with it and you know i i definitely saw that happening over the last yeah for sure and and san francisco is in the crosshairs of a you know political fire um that's just how it is because it's one of the most liberal cities in the country uh and one of the most liberal states in the country so it's going to be in the crosshairs um so it's out there it's out there on certain media outlets um but again it's like as a baseball fan as a giants fan i was like oh yeah don't point out the leak and, and <laughs> the leak from the oil pan they'll well, well they'll find it they'll know about it but also this car leaks and this car leaks and this car leaks. they all leak so that, this, this is why jung hu is such know? a badass jung hu's like <laughs> yeah he was like i'll go uh, he's like who cares this is nonsense i'm in Do you, do you think he got more money because uh, he said, well, you know, Buster said he's, he's falling <laughs> apart, so I'm going to need an extra $50 million on top of it. <laughs> no, I think they overpaid because they yeah. really invested. They put the time into yeah. those. To, we, we talked about Pete Patilla going out there and seeing him yeah. and being in that video. Well, and Scott video. Boris is not going to let you get away with a discounted contract either. I mean, when he saw that the Giants were scouting him, they go, Ooh, yeah, These Scott really Scott Bo Scott Boris saw Pete Putilla in that video, and he's like, oh, "I got a, I got an extra five right there." <laughs> exactly, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit about the schedule for the rest of of the year. So next Monday is actual uh, Christmas, so yeah. we're not going to be recording on actual Christmas, though. Rod and I did say that we're going to record late night on Christmas because the 49ers play the Ravens. So we will be here right. Monday night, probably around 10 ish. So it's going to be late for anybody not on the West Coast. 10 o'clock is late on the West Coast. Too, I'll be but. on bourbon number three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so you and I are going to play next week as if if there's something that goes on. We'll try and do we'll try and do a show. It won't be on Monday. It won't be on Tuesday. It may be later in the week. But if nothing happens and the Giants don't make a signing, we may just skip the week, and yeah. we're gonna come back uh, for sure on January second, right? Which is a Tuesday. So we will not be back next Monday. Uh, we will definitely be back the following Tuesday, January second, and that that's when the next actual Thompson to Clark will happen, and. Um, you know, we'll play next week by ear. If something happens, yeah. if Yamamoto gets signed, we'll do a, mm. an emergency show and, and we'll, we'll get something recorded. So I just wanted to mention that. And then let's, you know, let's talk about uh, what we're drinking here. I had yeah. a, uh, I had a bourbon and ginger ale. Nice. Uh, I've been going to that a little bit lately because I bought that 12 pack of the ginger ale and I'm like, I can't let this go. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I keep drinking this thing. So I had yeah. a different bourbon this time, though. I think the last time I had the Irish whiskey mixed in with the ginger ale. Oh, and right. this time I had the Tennessee mash from uh, Trader Joe's as the mixer. But the Zevia ginger ale and the Tennessee mash was my drink of choice tonight. 
Nice. Speaking of that, speaking of Irish whiskey, there was, let's see, we went to Total Wine. What day was that? That was probably a couple of weeks ago. We like to go to Total Wine, just kind of browse around during the Christmas uh, season, mm -hmm. just kind of see what they have. But they had a, it's actually a scotch. I didn't realize Dewar's was a scotch, but it's a, it's a blended scotch whiskey. But they had mm -hmm. a fifth year that was 46.99 that was actually fantastic i tried a, a, a sip of it uh they were pouring them out over there and uh, oh wow they poured them out in the store they were yeah they have a little sampler they're just like boom 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 you want to try it and i was like this is a 15 and they go yeah. yeah i said i said well i only like to try stuff i can afford <laughs> so I said, how much is it and she said it's 47 dollars. i said i then i'll try it because if they're if they're like here's a sample of something that's a hundred bucks I'm not going to try it because I'm never going to want it. Yeah, you're going to want it. <laughs> so, oh, wait, it's do no. Doers is the scotch from the movie. Ah, what is the movie? Um, Vince, uh, what, what is his name? Uh, now I have to look this up now. Vince Vaughn? Vince Vaughn. What is the movie with the, uh, with the bunch of his buddies? It's Swingers? Is that what it is? There was uh, wedding crashers. Oh yeah, swingers. No, swingers. so that was yeah. So that was the, those were the scotches where they were doing the Glen Livets, the Glen Meringues, um, a lot of the Glens. That's what I, th we, I, yeah. I thought Vince Vaughn's drink was Doers and Doers and that's something. Right. I'll have to, could, that, that, yeah, just, yeah. that just reminds me. I, I want to watch that movie again. Yeah, that's a great movie. That's you know kind of his first foray into acting um, with him and. Uh, and Happy can never remember his name. John Favreau from uh, from the Iron Man series, also fantastic director. Uh, so tonight, uh, so what I did is, since we were browsing around there, I almost bought a bottle of bourbon or a bottle of scotch. And then Denise reminded me. She said, "Remember when you said you were going to go through the cabinet and you were going to finish up because you have way too many bottles. We don't have room for anything else." I said, "You're right." So that's what I've been doing lately is trying to uh, you know trying to alleviate some bottles from the, from the cabinet. Mm -hmm. So I went with a little, uh, Sazerac rye tonight. There you go. Um, but I still, I poured two ounces and I still have like an ounce to an ounce and a half left. So that'll be my drink later on this week. And then I'll, I'll kill that bottle of Sazerac and then I'll keep going through my other ones. But, uh, um, a little bit of like Christmas cleaning of the bottles. Yeah, exactly. And it's a good time of year to do it. Cause I, you know, I did cut back on the alcohol quite a bit over the past like month, month and a half. Um, but it is Christmas time. So it's hard. Yeah. When you got, when you got, you know, a lot it's of cold, stuff. It's cold. Warm yeah. you up a little bit. It's really cold today because we had rain all day. And anytime it rains up here, you get, it's like 41 degrees. Then you get the rain and then you get the humidity and it feels like it's like 22 out there. So yeah, fun times. All right. Before we hit the last segment, which is just a little fun thing on the Christmas movie that I just saw. I uh, want to remind people, check out the YouTube page. If you're not watching this via streaming, you already know about the YouTube page more than likely if you are watching this via streaming. Uh, if you are listening on podcast, check out the YouTube page, BSPN. Uh, it, we, we put up the segment of our Shohei uh, show from last week where we were just complaining about the, the, the stupid <laughs> deferrals and stuff. And like... It's it's our second highest uh, a video on the channel. Just uh, people people yeah. loved it. I think it's because of I titled it like "Bitter Giants Fans" or something. Yeah. So what that tells me is when something happens, we just gotta let it go, and we just have more bitter Giants fan uh, videos because we're we're yeah. just kind of we're we're a little bit too, uh, I would say, not smart. Smart's not a great word. Not that we aren't smart, but that that makes us <laughs> seem a little bit on a, on a pedestal. But like we understand, you know, to we're we're not going to bark at a move, you know. Is it, we're not a hot take kind of podcast. So, no, no, um, no. We're not going to find something wrong with the Shohei move. It's brilliant. I mean, it's a fantastic move. Yeah. We just hate it because yeah. it's the Dodgers. It sucks. It and so suck for him. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna rail on it just because we're Giants fans and we, yeah. you know, we hate we we are Robin Hood Giants fans. We don't want to yeah. see the rich getting richer, man. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm commenting in there, man. They're they're coming at us. I'm just throwing it. it right back. I'm just yeah. like, 
look, you, you come at us, you you best not miss because we're firing yeah, yeah. back. Uh, okay, last thing. I, I, I love it because we were called idiots. I'll wear that. <laughs> I'll, I'll wear that. I don't I'm an idiot. Hey, cool. I'll wear that. I don't know. It was great. It was awesome. <laughs> I love the comments. Um, I watched the Christmas movie. I think this was Peacock. Melissa McCarthy as the Christmas. She wasn't actually the Christmas oh. genie, but she was a genie. And she helped a couple uh, get back together. And, you know, I mentioned Candy Cane Lane last week. And like I said, Eddie Murphy smiles and I start laughing. And which, uh, you know, that I was so excited to see the Beverly Hills Cop 4. Uh, Yeah, as soon as I saw that that morning, I sent it to you. I go, oh, my God. Because I didn't even know it was in the works. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea it was in the works. And I was very excited to see Bronson Pinchot. Yeah. Yeah trailer too. Serge. Serge, Serge Serge is there and uh, Judge Reinhold and uh, and yes. the other cop is there there's a there's a scene there with both of them as well so uh Candy Cane Land and then Dashing Through the Snow with Ludacris and you know I mentioned uh, you know Luda not Spanker. the best actor uh <laughs> but this Melissa McCarthy movie she did not mail in her performance in no. any way she was like you know what I'm going to show off all of my uh, McCarthy that that I have in me, no matter if this is a streaming play for a silly Christmas movie or not. She was awesome. I was like, oh, go nice. ahead. Go ahead with your bad self. I, I, <laughs> you know, the movie is a little silly yeah. and, and just very predictable, but. PG-13. Yeah, probably so less not, than PG-13. Okay, so not too PG. wild. No, but she was just really charismatic just big personality really funny uh and she had a good straight man i'll, I'll figure out who the who the guy the, the main actor uh i i didn't know what his name was um but she was really really good i was nice. uh I, I was very happily surprised as we watched it because you know when my wife was like what about Jeannie? And I was like, oh, what about dashing through the snow with Ludacris? <laughs> and she's like, okay. And then I was like, oh, well, I maybe uh, I should have listened to you instead. You get that. about halfway through and you just turned to her and you're like, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. So the actor who is the lead actor, his name, I, I, I don't even want to like screw this up. Uh, yeah, yeah. P-A-A-P-A and the last name is S-E-S-S-I-E-D-U. I wonder what mm. else he's been in. Because he was a, he was like a really good, really good straight man. I guess he's What's a the name guy. of the movie? The, t- the name of the movie is Genie. That's, that's literally Oh, the it's name just of the called movie. Genie. Okay. You know who else is in the movie, though, is Mark Marin, who plays like the doorman. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever listened to any of Mark Marin's podcasts. I have in the past. Yeah. Oh, yes. I know. Uh, I know that the straight man there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he was, you know, I he was solid. And then, yes. then there's a great kid in the movie. Like, it's always good. It's always a good thing when you have like a really good child actor who just makes the movie yes. better. And so it was a really good kid in the movie. So I, I enjoyed it. You know, it's not going to win any awards or anything. No, the, you know, the, I, I didn't think about this. There should be like a Christmas movie award. Like you got to like, yeah. come on, Oscars, like Christmas movie of the year. Name I've been. It. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I've been watching some of the Hallmark ones and I I haven't really come across any super fantastic ones yet. A lot of uh, Lacey, uh, what is Lacey's last Lacey name? Lacey Charbet Sh- or whatever? Shabert, Shabert, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Lacey Shabert, yeah. Lacey yeah. Charbet, whatever her I name did, is. I did Party watch one, one, one I really enjoyed. Uh, I haven't even gotten through it all the way yet. I have a hard time getting through the movies because I, I can't sit and watch them this time of year. Um but it was called a Biltmore Christmas, mm. and it was a, a you know, it's a, it a Hallmark movie. It's about a woman who goes, who's who's rewriting like a famed Christmas movie. It's supposed to be like a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not called that. It's called a Biltmore Christmas. So she's rewriting it uh, for 2023, and she ends up going to the hotel where it was shot and finds this uh, hourglass. And when she flips it over, she actually goes back to 1947 on the set of the film as they're filming it and is talking to the actors and actresses to find out what the real deal behind this whole movie was and everything else. And it's really interesting. It's actually kind of fun. Um 
they don't make Hallmark movies like they used to. Like you used to crack on them all the time. And now they're actually fairly decent and have some good acting chops. And a lot, a lot of my favorites end up doing Hallmark stuff like, uh, Tori Spelling and Mario Lopez, Mario Lopez, Feliz uh, Navidad. <laughs> if you ever get a chance, that's actually a really fun Hallmark movie. We've oh, I'm gonna ask Crystal if she's yeah. ever seen that one. It's on Disney Plus, I believe now, so you can watch it on there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, that was a good way to end the show. Yeah, uh, you know, everybody hope that they have a, a great holiday and a Merry Christmas. Yes. You know, Be a safe. week from Be today, safe. it's crazy. And uh, the new year, 2024, is nuts. This was episode 180. Wow. Think about right. that. That's so we've been crazy. doing this show for almost three years now. Maybe even more than three years now. No, this is... Uh, yeah, more than three years because it was our pandemic project. We yeah. started just before the the shortened pandemic season started and and just before the Dodgers won their Mickey Mouse World Series. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was the year, 2020. Yeah, there, there 2020. you go. So. All right. So, yeah, great uh, great year for just not, maybe not for the Giants, but just for us being able to continue doing this because I really yeah. enjoy it a lot. I appreciate and, you for, for inviting me in the first place to even do this three years ago. Three. Years I, it ago. took me a while. It took me a while <laughs> to, get you, to get you on. <laughs> I was nervous. I didn't know what to do. Because I always, you know, I'm so used to just yelling at the TV. About that. So I thought, well, is that going to translate well? But, yeah, but no, good stuff. And, you know, we're, we're going to keep trucking and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that that we can get some more YouTube subscribers here and get some more podcast subscribers and, and continue growing a little bit. So, yeah. all right, for Brad, I am Double G. We will see you either next week because something happens or the following week uh, in the new year. Peace out. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.